0: Well, let's read our text now, then we'll have a word of prayer. In Revelation chapter 9, and beginning with verse 8, it says uh, And they had hair as the hair of women. It's talking about those locusts that, that do the stinging and the hurting there in this place called Hill. And their teeth were as the teeth of lions. And they had breastplates, as were breastplates of iron. And the sound of their wings, their wings, okay, was as the sound of chariots of many horses running to battle. It would be like military people that heard those airplanes coming over that was either going to bomb or strife them with bullets during the wars. And they had uh, tails likened to scorpions. And their stings were in their tails, and their power was to hurt men five months. And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, and in the Greek tongue hath the name Apollyon. Well, we'll stop there and have a word of prayer. Then we'll get into the message to see this morning. Father, thank you for the opportunity now to look into your Word again. I ask that your Spirit take over and speak to hearts, Lord, because this is your Word, and it's important that everyone hear what you have for them in this passage today. In Jesus Christ's name, Amen. Revelation chapter nine. Uh, is not speaking of the eternal lake of fire that is uh, spoken of in Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 through 15. Although this place in Revelation chapter 9 will be located there as well, the speaking of the eternal lake of fire uh, at the right time. Revelation chapter 20, let me just read that to you, verses 11 through 15. Uh, and they show us uh, the difference really between uh, the eternal lake of fire and, and uh, what this hell is in Revelation chapter 9. There he says, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books, now notice he said books, that's plural, were opened. And another book, singular, was open, which is the book of life. Now, you have two sets there. One is the book of life. It's one book by itself. And then you have uh, another set of books, but they're one set. Kind of like our Bible, 66 books, but it's one set, okay? All right. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Now what does that mean? That means that every word that you've ever said, every deed that you've ever done, every thought that you've ever had, every intent that you've ever had, everything of your life is actually written down because God knows what you think, what you intend, what you say. He knows every bit of it. And it's written down in these books. And those that are called to the judgment that is noted as the white throne judgment, as we see here in Revelation chapter 20, are those who died without Jesus Christ, who are presently in this place of Revelation 9 called hell, will one day be caught up and then sent to the eternal lake of fire. So, let's look at that. It says in verse 13, And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man, according to their works. Now, I find it interesting because there's uh, the judgment seat of Christ for the saved. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5, he talks about the hidden things of darkness being made known. And you see, sometimes as Christians, you, you get sin sometimes pretty bad. Oh, yes, God will forgive you, but you didn't make things really right with God or with men. Whoever the sin affects. And he says, there, the hidden things of darkness and the counsels of the heart, <laughs> they're going to be manifested. And then every man shall have praise of God. You say, well, why would they praise God when all of that's manifested? Because then we'll realize all the more that our salvation is totally by the grace of God. And so, reading further, he says in verse 14, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. The second death. See, the word death, we'll say just a little bit about that in a moment. What it means to be separated. It's what it means, separation. When you die, your spirit separates from your body. But, in the day Adam sinned, he said, Thou shalt surely die. In that very day, his spirit was separated from God, not his body. He, he lived 900 more years. But, that doesn't change the fact that he was separated from God. Hell would be his eternity unless he had a Savior. And Jesus Christ would be that Savior. And so, uh, you're born, the first death, when you're born, you're born with the dead spirit because you inherited the sin nature from Adam. You're, You're born with your spirit separated from God. But if you don't receive Christ, you'll you'll find out what the second death is. It's forever separated from God in the lake of fire with no chance of escape or ceasing to exist. It's forever. So verse 15 it says, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now understand the book of life. I believe that God and His love, because the Bible says, and the Bible doesn't lie, says that He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now, if that's what God said, then I believe God means what he says. He said, Whosoever will, let him come and drink of the water of life freely. Amen, that's God's word. He says in Ezekiel, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. And so, when we see things like that, we think of, okay, now, he has said here, the book of life. I believe that when you're born, your name is written in the book of life. The very day that you were born, your name was in the book of life. You say, well, why do you say that, preacher? Because in Revelation chapter 3, 5, it talks about the name being blotted out. Sometimes people talk about that's an unpardonable sin. You what the unpardonable sin is? To die without Jesus Christ as your Savior. There will never be a chance after that. That's why it's called the second death. And my friend, please understand that if your name's been brought out of that book of life, then you have no chance in eternity. Here we see death and hell are caught up. And forever they'll be cast into the lake of fire. After all these works that the Bible said out of these books are shown, there'll be no excuse. Well, you know, I wasn't that bad. No, they'll know they deserve the lake of fire. So again, uh, that's what we see about this death and hell being cast into the lake of fire. And, and then all of a sudden, uh, it's forever and ever and ever, which if a person dies without Christ, He's already entered into the second death. He just hasn't been cast from that place called hell to the place of the eternal lake of fire. But understand, he's in hell today, but that hell is going to be cast into the lake of fire with him and all the inhabitants of hell, all the tortures of hell, all of that will be cast into the eternal lake of fire and will continue throughout all eternity. And so, Revelation 20 tells us that this hell is delivered up to that great white throne. That's what the judgment is called, the white throne judgment of those who died without Jesus Christ. It's a white throne judgment because it's a holy judgment. It's God's judgment on sin when he took the outpoured wrath of God upon sin on the cross, and men refuse to be saved, to repent and accept the Gospel, then my friend, death and hell are cast into the lake of fire. All of that together. And that is, again, that is God's Word. And if God said it, it's true. People say, well, then if hell has fire, the hell today that people die and go to, if it has fire and it has torment, what's the difference between that and the lake of fire? And I've often used the illustration, people get put in jail, it's not good. But then they get sent to prison, that's worse. Both ways it's incarceration. But this life in hell and then into the lake of fire is without parole. Once you've died, you're there forever. And there's no hope, there's no escape, there's no ceasing to, exent, uh, to, to exist. You'll always exist and in that place of eternal punishment. Now, Hell will be worse for some than it is others. All hell is bad. You don't want to go to any part. I've said often that the worst place in heaven, and there's not a worst place in heaven, but that might say the lowest place in heaven, the lowest degree of reward is a billion times better than the best place in hell, in the lake of fire. In Luke chapter 12, verses 46 through 49, I'm going to Spend a little bit of time right here to explain this. Uh, because we're seeing something here that deals with it. It says, the Lord of that servant will come. Now, uh, understand, he's talking about a servant who, uh, who knew, but didn't do anything about it. We'll say more about it in just a moment, but Judas was a servant that knew and did nothing about it. The Lord of that servant will come in a day when He looketh not for Him, and at an hour when He is not aware. Now sometimes we think of the return of Jesus Christ, but other times that's the death angel coming at a time that you're not aware and will cut him in sunder, and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. He believed. Appointing him his portion with the unbelievers? Oh, he believed. Just as Judas believed that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. You remember there in Matthew, when Jesus says to the apostles, Who do men say that I am? And Peter stood up and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, by the way, in saying that, had the Sanhedrin, the Jewish law, had heard Peter say that, he would have been guilty before them, as far as they're concerned, and worthy of being put to death right then. But we're told that all of them Affirmed to it. That means Judas was there. Oh yes, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Well, there were demons that were cast out of people that Jesus wouldn't let them tell who he was. They knew that he was the Son of God. So keep it in mind, the knowledge is not always the relationship because Judas did not receive Christ as his Lord and Savior. And so we go on and says, "And that servant which knew His Lord's will and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. Uh, Judas was part of those that were sent out two by two to preach and do miracles. He heard the preaching of Christ, but he did not repent and believe the gospel. Even though, you might say, he served the Lord. I mean, he went with him for three years. He was walking around with Jesus, he was there to help with different things. But keep this in mind, Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23 says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. In that day many will say, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? Then will I profess unto them, Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. I never knew you. Wait a minute. I never knew you? Not as Lord and Savior. You see, they, the Lord doesn't say they didn't do those wonderful works. He doesn't say they did those things, but they did not get saved. And so, These people think their works will get them into heaven. Hey, I was active in church. I was faithful to church. Oh, boy, I did these things. But they'll find out the difference in eternity. Now, continuing in Luke chapter 12, we go to verse 48. But he that knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall much be required. And to whom men have committed much of him, they will ask the more. Now, folks, he's simply telling us Hell, eternal punishment, the lake of fire, is going to be worse for some than it is for others. But don't miss, all of it is bad. No one wants to be have any part of it. But the torture, the torments, the things of hell will be worse for some than it is for others. Just like heaven. There are rewards in heaven. some rewards of heaven are going to be better for some than they are others. Well, done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I'll make thee rule over many things, the Lord says. Oh, yes. It'll be great. Ruling and reigning with Christ. But understand we also find out in First John chapter two and verse 28 that there are some people who are saved. They are saved, but they backslid, and they will be ashamed at His appearing. Maybe they were worldly. You know, 1 John chapter 2, tells in verse 15, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man loved the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And the Bible says, you're going to love the world, worldliness. You're going to live that way. The love of the Father is not in you. If he says it's not in you, it's not in you. So, You decide. I'm going to be a friend of the world. Love not the world, neither things are in the world. Love the world, love the Father is not in him. That is so clear and so understandable. But because of that context, First John chapter two verse twenty-eight says, "Some will be ashamed at his appearing." They're ashamed. But they were ashamed at his appearing because they wanted to look like the culture, act like the cult- culture, worship like the culture, and they're going to be ashamed when they stand before an all holy God at the, the judgment seat of Christ, which is for the saved people, being saved so as by fire. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 says they will count the loss. What do you mean, count the loss? They'll see the rewards that God had planned to give them. The rewards that would have been laid at their feet, at, that they could have given to Jesus, they to laid his feet as crowns. All the rewards would be there. But remember the parable that Jesus told? There was one that took his talent took one and made it ten, the other one took his and made it five, the other one took his and just buried it. And he says, take from him that hath the one and give it to him that hath the ten. Well, wow, that's unfair. He's already got ten. <clears throat> Understand, they're not communists in heaven, Okay. It's not a socialist government up there. The people that served in obedience unto the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, are well rewarded. Those that are saved, but decide, I want to live worldly. I don't want to do that. I don't want people to talk about me. I don't want this to happen. They are the ones that are going to be ashamed at His appearing. Now, because I say so, the Bible's very clear on it. Now, what a shame when you appear in heaven, if your entire family's saved, and you have that sin, you've had that failure, you've had that worldliness in your life, and your own children see the failure. Maybe they see the effect it had in their own lives. I don't know. Everybody's personally responsible for their own life. But, can see the influence that is there. And so, understand the rewards of heaven are going to be greater for some than they are for others. There is a hell now. It is different than the eternal lake of fire, but it's still a place of eternal torment. That's what Revelation chapter 9 is looking at for right now. Saved or unsaved, I need to ask you this question. It's a question that every one of us should consider, regardless of who we are. We need to consider this question. said to yourself this way, because I have to say to myself this way too, whether rapture or death, am I ready to meet the Lord? He could come at any moment, or he could take you from this world before this day is out. So, I ask the question first, if you're saved, do you believe that you're going to hear well done, good and faithful servant? And you know that scripturally? You lived according to the word. You're faithful in this house. You're faithful in the work. You're faithful in his word. You're you're faithful in the things that he's taught us from the word. Will you hear well done? Will you appear before him and have confidence? Or will it be ashamed, saved so as by fire? But if you're unsaved today, do you realize that once, the very second, not just one second, the very second your spirit leaves your body, it is then eternally too late to repent. That's right. It's then eternally in hell which with the scorpions that we talked about earlier, the other things about them and the torments of hell that's where you'll be till one day that white throne judgment takes place And then all those torments, that fire, all of its inhabitants, will be cast into the eternal lake of fire with you. I'm planning to say more about it next Sunday. But keep it in mind, hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. they would plead with Christ not to send us there before the time. Hell is to torment angels. The little pictures you see of a devil with a pitchfork tormenting people in hell is not true. Hell is so bad it torments those super spirits. And God doesn't want you to go. He'd save it today, say, preacher, you don't understand. But I've done some terrible things. There are things that people don't know about. Look, things people don't know about it could be adultery, it could be homosexuality, it could be murder, it could be drugs, it could be a host of things. But I can tell you this. Bible that does not lie said where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. He can save your soul. So I would say this. If you're not saved or if you are not sure, you're just not sure if you died today that heaven would be your home. Why play Russian roulette with your s- eternal soul? why not come and receive Him today? Because in a moment, we're going to have an invitation in which we'll all stand to sing. And when we start, you can leave your seat, and I'll be standing down here at the front, and walk down here and meet me at the front. And I'll have people that are trained in the Word of God that can open the Bible and show you how you can know that if you died today, that heaven would be your home. They can show you from the Bible that God will forgive you of all your sins and cleanse you from all your unrighteousness. But you've got to come. Just because you heard as Judas heard and might have even did some things for a church doesn't save you. You must receive him as your Lord and Savior. Do you know if you died today that heaven's your home? Let's bow our heads please.